What's going on, guys? We are live today on the John Papaloni Show. This week, we're having a double session. This is the second podcast this week. It is episode 57. I am excited because today I'm going to have Roar Alexander on my podcast, and it's going to be great. We're going to be talking about health, wellness, entrepreneurship, and um, yeah, I'm going to bring him in right now, and he can tell his story. Roar, welcome to the show. Hello. Thank, thank you for having me on, John. Absolute pleasure. So usually what I like to start is have you tell your little biography of what happened. Because I remember you started off in Burlington, then you went through a trip, and you ended up, and now you're in Vancouver. Yeah, well, I ended up a lot further than that. I, yeah, I was from Burlington, and I remember all my life I kind of wanted to live in Vancouver, um, the West Coast, because I love. I was snowboarding when I lived in Burlington, but it was, you know, like, you know, snowboarding at Burlington. So really wanted to come out here, um, moved out here. I promised myself I'd be out here before I turned 30. I came out a week before I turned 30. So literally one week, like seven days. Um, then I was out here for a while. Um, got kind of a little bit bored of it here. I'm, I get bored of places a lot. And um, just the way life was kind of going for me, I was doing personal training and stuff, but I just felt like I really wasn't getting anywhere with it. Like, and I just honestly, I was just like, there has to be more to just life and, and health and fitness and everything. Um, I have a video on it on my like the Facebook and stuff. But anyways, I ended up buying a one way ticket to Hong Kong. Had a thousand bucks cash in my pocket. Didn't know anybody. No credit cards, no nothing. Just ditched everything. So, you know what? Going to go to Asia and uh, worked out. I was there for about seven years. Lived in Hong Kong, Taiwan, Indonesia, Thailand. Went everywhere. Spent tons of time in the Philippines, Singapore. And then uh, got married, you know, in Thailand too. Um, have a kid. And then we ended up coming back here um, just because it's my time in Asia. I still go there a lot, but I wanted to be based more in Canada. And now with uh, Canada just being so Asian dominant too, uh, the flights and stuff are really cheap to get back and forth to Asia. So we based ourselves here and, you know, it's just, it's a better overall standard of life, obviously, you know, especially with a kid, you know, in, in Thailand and stuff that would have been, private schools and you know it's just dirty, dirty quality of air and stuff like that and the wife loves it here you know like she's she's from thailand but she's like i don't really want like i don't want to live there again i want to live here so the plans are down the road is to you know live in both but four to six months a year in thailand probably closer to four and the other eight here but that's my story and then uh learned a lot about just health and health and wellness there so vancouver kind of canada was my fitness and kind of trendy health you know su supplements and smoothies and that but then out in asia i really started to dive into like yoga uh, meditation obviously is a big one out there but even things like feng shui in hong kong uh ayurveda so yeah like i went to india a few times so yeah that's kind of my story so kind of combined all that eastern influence tradition with kind of the harder west stuff and that's kind of where i'm at right now with myself my clients and stuff right okay that makes sense yeah. So in a way you're, um, okay. Okay. Like basically when COVID start, that must've affected you a bit. Uh, a little bit, actually, I was pretty lucky with COVID. Um, I, I, I did quite well actually with COVID. It didn't really affect me too much because a lot of my stuff is online anyways. So right, I that's actually, right. I was, I'm actually, I was actually all right. So if anything, COVID improved a, a lot of stuff for me and people like me because there was no Zooms you know, really before COVID hit. Um, there was Skype, uh, but, you know, people weren't into online sessions, online learning a lot. And now 
even when thinking when it comes to Damon's school, because everybody's like, well, what are you going to do with him? That's my son, Damon. When you when you move it back and forth, I said, well, COVID has opened a world of learning at home. I said, it's crazy. Like schools are going like you can he can be enrolled and we could do it from anywhere in the world. So COVID's actually been really great for people that are able like you and me to you know adopt. I know so, tons of people that started a podcast. Uh, I got one guy who was on his podcast just last week. And actually, he's like, you inspired me to do a podcast. He goes, it was COVID. It was locked down. He's in Spain. And he's like, it's something I kind of wanted to do. He goes, but you interviewed me. And I was kind of like your first, he, that was his first real podcast interview. And he's like, right then, I decided to start mine. So for people that are, you know, internet minded, COVID was actually really good. So, yeah, that makes sense. Actually, I, yeah. I, I get that. I mean, like, yeah, like, uh, totally get that. I, I, and I agree with you. I, I, and I, I think to be honest, I think the whole world of uh, like the whole gym world, never, never mind, you know what I mean? Like just, um yeah like i just think that um gyms are going to change the way we live is going to change um i don't believe there's any such thing as going back to normal i think this is more of adjusting and learning how to live like we used to yeah i think as far as gyms go i think um like i said you know there's going to be definitely changes like we talked about this in our initial call i think the really big ones you're going to start shrinking down to more tiki and i think a gym um if you're smart and I do work with a gym here in Vancouver. I don't work for them, but I work with them. But I came in and I said, listen, you know, all these gyms didn't really get very proactive. I think all gyms need an element of online programming for their members to keep them around more. Because, you know, I, and I think the smarter gyms will adopt it uh, yes. and start to somehow incorporate more online, even if it's just accountability tracking, but which is a big one. I mean, that's the why I got out of gyms and where I got out of the fitness training and became more health coaching is because when you'd I'd see a client, you know, they come in two, three times a week, I'd see them for the hour, and then they'd go and I have no idea what they're doing. And then nowadays, I can, you know, I stay in touch with them, I track, them. we talk about the food, I track their sleep. I mean, you know, we, we go through everything, I take them through phases, but I'm with them, you know, like basically 24 hours a day. So it's much different than, you know, working in a gym for an hour up and somebody lift a, a weight that they really could do by themselves. So. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree with you. It's like I said, it's just a whole new world, whole new opportunity. And I believe, again, like we said in the initial talk, the gyms aren't going anywhere. It's just a matter of how they do business is going to have to change. The ones that will adapt will survive. Mm -hmm. The ones that don't will probably share the fate of uh, some other places. Exactly. Like at the end of the day, like I like the gym. I get motivated by other people. I have a home gym. I'm even building a garage gym. But even somebody yesterday, I said, oh, I'd be joining probably the gym near me. And they're like, why? You're building a garage gym. I'm like, the garage gym is for like days. I don't feel like going to the gym. Or I said, you know, I'm short on time. I said, but I get inspired by being in there with other people that are training and stuff. I said, so there's always going to be people like me who enjoy the gym or like that motivation. I'm not a group fitness person by any means. I'm, you know, hat down and earphones in. But I do like other people. I think part of it, too, is because. You know, people like me, and maybe, I don't know about you, but yeah, not so much you, I guess, but me, I'm at home a lot working. So I'm at home on my computer. My clients are online. I'm in my house a lot. So for me, my only two places I get outside are, you know, it's really grocery shopping for a few minutes, the gym or the coffee shop. So for me, it's like, I'm like, I'm dying to just go into the gym just to get in public for, you know, an hour, hour and a half. Well, especially after being locked down for so long, get some interaction yeah. going. Yeah, so luckily I, I we're already as you guys, but. <laughs> yeah absolutely like i agree with you like even myself i have a, a membership at uh, good life and mm-hmm. i'm still gonna build a home gym it's one of those things that 
I'll have options. I'll have choices. There's sometimes, and the way it'll work for me is that when I decide that I'm just can't be bothered to go to gym or I don't have enough time, I don't have an excuse to not work out because I have the gym in the basement. But when I want to see people, I have an option. So I agree with you. That's the same as me. What I want. When I want to see people when I want to throw down. It's like, you know, like I, my, like I'm a sled guy. I love pushing sleds. Can't do that in my garage gym. My gym is a 50 meter thing. I can go there. But if I'm like, and I want to drop things, and I just really want to get crazy, hit the heavy bag. But if it's days, I'm just like, I just want to bench press, shoulder press, you know, do something like that. You know, go a little more old bodybuilding stuff. And that's what the home gym is for. Or like I said, if I'm in a hurry, like today, for instance, you know, um, did it, there was just no time. We're, uh, this is 8.30 a.m. here. Even if I got to the gym at 6 this morning, there wasn't enough time because it's a 30-minute drive. So today I just did a jog outside before I saw you. I can't start any day without some kind of – I need sunshine in the morning to wake me up and some kind of movement, even if it's just a jog, a walk down the alley. But it just puts me in that frame. You know, I got my peppermint oil going on behind me here to wake up the brain. So I could be 100% for you, John. <laughs> right, I get it. I get it. Believe it or not, I'm running on one hour of sleep. Oh, that's that's terrible. That's terrible. I'm I'm asleep. I prioritize my sleep. Like yeah. The, oh, I do I, too. I, I just could not. I just st- lied there and stared at the ceiling. Yeah, it was nice. Happen. Yeah, I have a lot on my mind. I mean, as we talked before we got on, of um, you know some of the things that are going on in my life, and, and and as exciting as it sounds, it actually stressed me out more than excited me. Yeah, so, yeah, no, I'm with you. I'm, I'm with you. I joined a new coaching program too, um, business coaching, and it's exciting, but it does stress me out. Like they're they really pushing me out of my comfort zone, which which I like, um, which it's good, but it's definitely way outside of my comfort zone. Right. <laughs> so, then, <laughs> so you know exactly what I mean. Your mind is processing yeah. all the time, and then when your mind thinks too much, and mine does. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, I, I wander. So, I mean, I'm all over the place and I'm an ADHD. Yeah, guy. So you, you before, I was, before we recorded, I was standing. I'm like, I'm moving. I was like this. I was like, even though I was annoying myself. So now I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to sit in my desk, but I still have a wobbly chair. So I'm like, okay, I even told you, I'm like going to put my elbow down to keep me in frame. <laughs> oh my God. That's funny. And, and to be uh, honest, it's funny when you're standing and moving around, I didn't actually even notice. Oh, it was okay, only well, after you mentioned it that I clicked in. <laughs> yeah. no, if i'm standing i'd be like this right so i'm like no elbow down anchor we're good to go oh that's hilarious <laughs> I've moved this light though about 10 times i keep moving this light i'm like okay but it's gonna stay there now <laughs> <laughs> that's funny so yeah like um i was gonna ask you something but i went on the tangent here and um yeah so i was going along okay you were saying the home gym whatever like it's i got a question for you i mean like clearly you've been an active guy I mean, and you probably, I'm guessing you've been an active guy your whole life. Like, it's not something new. Well, yes and no. I mean, I, I failed gym class in high school. I got D's. Like, I was not, I was actually very disliked by my gym teacher, I remember, in high school. Because um, I really was, I was more of an art guy. Like, I liked art a lot. I was originally supposed to go to school for animation. Um, and I was doing art a lot. I was really into Disney and just that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, definitely, but I was not in the gym in high school. I kind of go more into it in college. I just got, my dad actually said to me one day when I was about 18, I said, said, you're getting kind of fat. And I was like, well, that, that was it. I went running the next day, like everybody and their brother. Um, and then eventually my best friend was a personal trainer. He started teaching me and I just fell in love with it. And, and, but so you could say I've been in, in a fitness person since I was about 20 up, but what's your question? Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> that makes sense. Cause I was going to say, what was the trigger moment? The trigger moment is your dad came up to you and said, you're getting fat. <laughs> yeah, you know, I want to pick, pick up girls, you know, and I'm like, I can't have that. 
That's hilarious, <laughs> man. For a guy that's six foot four, it's kind of it should be hard to get fat. We just have so many cells and so many things we could fill in. <laughs> like I used to joke uh, when I worked for Blockbuster, our district manager was about six five, and he had, he was getting pretty heavy there near the end. I think the, the stress of Blockbuster shutting down was getting to him. And I said to my friend, I said, you know, I said, you got to really work to be overweight at six foot five. <laughs> you you got to work because you got a lot of you got a lot of material that you can play with. <laughs> if anything, it's hard to put to put weight on. So, yeah. So that no, I get it. So, yeah, that's that's the other thing I was going to say. Right. So, like, you know, so for yourself, I mean, obviously, you're determined you got a routine and it's mm. pretty much you go with the flow. Now, you're training other people. And what is your biggest challenge in that? Like in terms of the motivation uh, and making sure they're on top of it and that, or, or do you even, or is it really all on them? No, no, no. Um, so I, I only take a few clients at a time. Cause like I mentioned, I, uh, I get pretty, I get pretty involved with them. Um, and the accountability is a big one for me, but the hardest thing I would say for people is the eating the nutrition side is probably one of the hardest. Like I work through phases. So there's different phases and there's different issues that come up later. Um, like sleep. I'm a huge person on sleep, like I mentioned, but I don't tackle their sleep during the first phase because it's too much. But nutrition is kind of the biggest one that people have a problem with just because there's so much. I don't want to really say misinformation, but disinformation. There's like, you know, like They've done studies and shows that any diet you can stick to will work. So that's why I don't want to say there's misinformation that, you know, like keto is great. I mean, keto is great for somebody, you know, and vegan is great for somebody. Um, but that's probably the thing is people are just super confused on what works. And that's probably the hardest thing. And, and obviously, you know, every person comes at nutrition with a slight bias. Um, it's just, you know, it's just the way it is, um, you know. And I'm kind of biased more towards the med what I call the Mediterranean lifestyle. So I, I like to think of myself as quite gray. Um, but you know, I, I'm, I'm very pro carbohydrates to a point. Um, I'm definitely fall into the more calories in, calories out um, sort of crew. Um, with the, and then obviously you got to you know protein and we got to look at that because that's kind of for me that's an anchor. That's the one I think I find most people don't talk about. They're always like, how much fat, and how much carbs should I be eating? I'm like, well. To, you gotta get the protein down first and then you can figure out the other two but eating is the biggest one by far absolutely makes sense and i agree with you about the confusion right because i mean you know like one one diet says eat all the meats forget the carbs the other one says no you can have carbs but you can't have something else and there's so many things it's yeah. sort of like you know like uh milk is unhealthy milk is the best thing um you know like uh, as long as it's not flavored like chocolate and uh, oh but you can have that whatever you want oh as long as you're eating from eight to eight you can eat whatever you want and it doesn't matter no don't eat from eight yeah. to eight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did, I did, a, I, did a, I did a Facebook video a couple weeks ago, um, and it was basically me cooking what I consider a very healthy breakfast, right? It was uh, two eggs with some egg whites and chopped up vegetables in it, had some tomato, it had some peppers. And I'm like, this is the unhealthiest breakfast in the world. And I said, because depending on who you talk to, it is. I said, you know, the people that follow Dr. Gundry would all be like, oh, you got a you got tomatoes and peppers in there. Those are uh, what do they call nightshades. You can't be eating those. 
And then you got the people that are like, oh, well, we got the eggs and they got all that saturated fat. You can't be eating those or it's, there's animal product. You can't be eating that. There's too much protein. That's bad for your kidney. I mean, you know, somebody could tear apart everything. I put a dash of milk in there. So all of a sudden there's dairy in there. I mean, I drink a lot of dairy. I, I quite enjoy dairy. Well, that's the thing. Even me, like, let's go with eggs here, right? Like I grew up, I grew up with, uh, I loved eggs, right? And I still love eggs. I mean, I love omelets. Um, but I remember I grew up and it's like, oh, you can't be having too many eggs. You're going to get, you know, you're going to get uh, your arteries clogged. You're going to die. And, you know, what I mean, then uh, then when you grow up, I got a different story from, you know, somebody else. And says, no, man, eggs are healthy. It's better than the cereal crap. You want to have a lot of eggs, you know, just, uh, you know, like if you have it three times a week, that's OK. But, uh, yeah. you know, what I mean, because it's the good fats versus the bad fats. And, you know, what I mean, and, 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 and like I've heard three different stories on eggs. And yeah, it's, it's very true. I mean, you know, some people say you know, the eggs because they contain so much cholesterol put up your cholesterol. Other people say, okay, well, eating dietary cholesterol doesn't actually raise your cholesterol. But a real a lot of it comes down to um, you know your genetics too, um, and that's why I not not usually at phase one with clients, but I will kind of mention it. But as you grow into and you, they start trusting me more, I can give them more um, you know bizarre advice. I guess we could call it. But a DNA test, um, a DNA test for me is a big one. Um, cause like that'll tell you whether eggs are good for you or not. And it's really one of the only ways to tell. Um, I had mine done a few years ago and it gave me, even me who's been doing this for 20 at that point, 24 years. I mean, it even gave me a lot of insight into what I was, things that I can improve and just general little hints about my future. So I was like, oh, okay. So allowed me to make some changes. I find a lot of people are afraid of that. You know, they're afraid, well, what if I find out I have the APOE4 gene or APOE3 or APOE4 for Alzheimer's? You know, what if I have a double for that? Like, well, you, I'd rather find that out when I'm in my 20s or 30s. And because I can, you know, with the, with the science of epigenetics, there's a lot we can do to make sure that that A doesn't happen or we push that back as far as we can. I find most people would rather just stick their heads in the sand, though, and, and then know. And I'm like, well, I know, for instance, my genetics put me at a higher um, higher risk for ischemic strokes. So I'm like, okay, well, that's good to know. So one of the things you want to do is you do want to watch your sodium a bit. Uh, you do want to make sure you're balancing your sodium uh, with potassium. So, I mean, I wouldn't have known that had I not had that test because I was all about, you know, salt's great. Salt, you know, salt is good for you. It is. But uh, for me, it's like, mm, yeah, maybe I'll cut back a bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I got to admit, I'm the stick your head in the sand kind of guy. I mean, yeah. I <laughs> that way, and don't get me wrong. At some point in time, I take my head out of the sand and say, let's just get this over with. Yeah. But my initial result, my initial reaction, not result. My initial reaction is stick my head in the sand. And after I ponder it for a bit, yeah. it's like, like a little kid. Oh, okay. I'll get it done. <laughs> I, I think, I think the problem with the genetic tests a lot is people have been, you know, we were led in the nineties, particularly to believe that genetics is what's going to happen like genetics is and it's like well no genetics really isn't is now because now in the 2000s we found out about epigenetics right basically saying you could have a gene that's a really neg you know, negative gene but you can do things to not activate it and i like think a lot of people don't know that so a lot of people think oh well if i have this gene and i don't want to know because i'm screwed it's like no no it's the, the exact opposite so i believe information is power like i sent this client for instance a 22 year old client of mine um i don't take a lot of 22 year olds but he's interesting because one of the things i did do in asia is i worked with a lot of fighters because i do enjoy mma strength and conditioning it's kind of what i call my professional hobby so while most of my clients are you know 
kind of like, you know, 40 to 50 year old, you know, professionals. I do enjoy the fighting side too, the athletic side, because I just like to do like to throw down some hard workouts. But I sent him for a DEXA scan, you know. Uh, most people don't go for DEXA scans. You know what a DEXA scan is at all? I don't even know what that is. Uh, it's uh, basically a, it's a body fat scan, what they do, but it tells you a lot more than just body fat. But you lie down on a bed and it does this double laser scan and it scans your entire body and it can look at your bones. It can check your bone mass and it can tell your body fat mass. And it's down to like within half a percent of accuracy. So it's like the most accurate way. But I believe and I don't quote me on this, but I believe it can also just give you general ideas if you have scoliosis because it does kind of look at you. And then you get this great consultation after with the guy who does it. Uh, he's a member of my pro team. And he found out, this 22-year-old found out that he basically has the um, bone mass of like a 70-year-old woman. Wow. So he's like, he's in the high risk of osteoporosis at like 22. So I was like, well, geez, see, I, I would not have known that. How could I know that? And I was, now I know. And now I've said, and he was working with our nutritionist. Because uh, I have a I have a pro nutritionist I work with because she just loves it. I know a lot about nutrition, but she like she like just the blood tests and everything. So now she knows, right? So we can tweak his we can tweak his program a lot more and tweak his nutrition a lot more. We got him on a great you know um, supplement for not just you know typical calcium you buy at Walmart, but we got him on a really good quality you know bone supplement and all that sort of stuff. So I think I think knowledge is power, and I think the sooner you go, the better. If you most of Please, both are listening right now. You're in your 20s and 30s. You get yourself a blood test, a DNA test, and maybe a DEXA scan test. I mean, you're set for life. So yeah, I get that. And you're right. You know what? When you have information, you could do something about it. You know, and mm -hmm. unfortunately, let's let's be honest. Most of society, and there's the majority of the people, and to be honest, in some circumstances, I'm guilty of this as well. Not all, but some. We take our health more on the reactive side. Than the proactive side, and think, <laughs> yeah, and I think if we were more proactive, we would probably have less pain points throughout our life. Uh, Nothing's one hundred percent. Nothing's one hundred percent where we guaranteed it, but it's less likely. It's a lot less likely. I mean, um, even the last year, right, uh, showed that, you know, basically when you looked at the stats of people who are hospitalized and stuff, right, it was just tended to be people with metabolic issues, which unfortunately is about 88% of the population, right? So it's not to say that, you know, you know, fit, healthy people weren't getting hit too. They were, but just the statistics were like up there. So I, you know, I like to think that it hopefully prodded a lot of people, but I actually don't know if it did. I think a lot of people were just kind of counting on your pharmaceutical help. <laughs> it's just unfortunate. Oh, geez, yeah. But it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, I think, I think, you know, having that knowledge is, is great. Like, and sometimes you have to fight for it. Like I went in to see my doctor, a nurse practitioner actually, and, and this is a really good integrative clinic. And I still had to argue to get my testosterone and my vitamin D. And uh, cause it was just like, well, do you, do you feel like you're having testosterone problems? I was like, no. I said, I just would like to get it. Well, is there a problem? I'm like, no. I said, I just want to know. I said, I'm 45. I'm training. I'm eating well. I would just like to know what it's at. So they gave it to me. The same thing with D. Well, you're probably low. I said, well, okay. I said, but I take, you know, X amount of vitamin D a day and I've been taking it for years. I just want to make sure it's working. So I got my test back and like they were stellar. And I was like, okay, well, what I'm doing is working. 
And I'd see him and told her, I said, I'll pay for it. I don't care. I like, it's not a money problem. It's like $50. So I'll do it. But sometimes you got to argue. It's very weird. It's a Canadian thing. In the States, the States, you can order any test you want. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's very, all billing, right? So kind of one of the problems in Canada in a way is, you know, we have to fight a lot for our own health. And we have good and bad, obviously. You know, the healthcare is quite good. Um, if it's something really emergency or something, but when it comes down to something more elective, sometimes you got to fight for it, which I find odd, especially even if you'll pay. Yeah, that's the other thing, right? I think that sometimes we need options. And I remember one time I did something online that got me mm-hmm. a lot of rebuttal, and I probably shouldn't shouldn't have said it, even oh. though I thought it. What, what was, was it? I was looking for something, and I don't remember what it was. But I, but I went through this loophole, and I remember hours and hours on the phone, many appointments. I'm going in circles. I'm trying to get an answer, and you know, and I'm getting not, nowhere. Right? It's just like nobody wants yeah. to do it because you know, it's like it goes back to what you were saying. Because like, unless you have an immediate problem that they want to check, it's like, well, they don't want to do it because you think something, and they don't want to do it yeah. because you want to know the information. So mm-hmm. I got pissed off and I'm like, for the love of God, isn't there somewhere I can go and write a check? Okay, I won't take your free health care. I don't care. Where do I write the yeah. check? I'll pay for the damn thing. And Drive I over to insulted some people when I said that. My intent yeah. was not to insult yeah. people, but I was angry, I was frustrated, and I was getting nowhere in our system. And I and mm-hmm. I and I, and I like it was just like one of those if it's a money problem, I'm willing to pay to find the answer. Yeah. Well, right. that's exactly. It's your health, and you want to spend the money. I don't see why you're not allowed. I mean, I don't see why they make it a problem. I mean, nowadays, though, it is becoming a lot better. There's companies in the states that, um, you know, they, like you can the states a lot, but you know, like Dr. Stephen Cabral, like you can order tons of tests. There's a lot of guys that are doing tests now. I think Everly Well does tests. I mean, even at one point last year, the very early in the pandemic, there was even a company you could order a COVID antibody test if you want to see if you had it. I mean, so it is becoming a lot more open nowadays. But again, it's still a lot of mail order through the states. Yeah, and don't get me wrong; I appreciate our healthcare. Don't the like do not misunderstand what I'm saying. Back here. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like I appreciate it. I'm not knocking it, but I'm just saying sometimes you know policies are policies, and I get it. But I just want the alternative option when policies won't help me. Yeah, exactly. Like Damon, one of the reasons we came back to Canada is we put that in consideration. Like Damon got sick once. Um, and you know, he did a night overnight in the hospital, with a really high fever it was $2,000 in Thailand, you know, and that's Thailand where they make jokes about, you can get stitches for $7. Yeah, <laughs> we wanted to take him to, you know, cause he was so sick and we were worried. We're like, we're going to take him to a proper, like private hospital. I mean, and don't get me wrong. It's a class service. He had a nurse standing beside his bed the entire night. I mean, it was like, wow. But you know, it was a $2,000 bill. So. We're like, oh, another argument to maybe go back to Canada. <laughs> Makes sense, right? I, I completely get yeah. it. And, and, you know, it is what it is. Mm. So now growing up, did you always know you wanted to be on your own or did, or, it was, or did you go through the usual, go to school, get a good education, get a good job? You know, I mean, I know we're all preached that, but how did you react to it? Like, or is it something that, you know, you hit your teens and you just knew? Yeah. Uh, you mean from an entrepreneurial point of view? Yeah. Yeah. Um. You know, I know I did. I was the first person in my family to actually go off to university. Um, so like I said, I originally wanted to do animation. Um, so I was just thought I would work for an animation studio. 
you know. Um, thank God I didn't do that because classical animation died right after the Lion King and Toy Story came out. And I had no interest in the computer side at all. I think so that's why luckily it happened early enough that I could go, okay, whoa, let's pull back here. I do not want to, I don't know computer stuff well. Even said, even this software, I had to open it in a different browser. Um, so that stopped quickly. But right around the same time, it was interesting, my stories, because I, I got into the X-Files. Yes. So the files came out and uh, I was like, that's it. I'm joining the RCMP and I'm going to investigate UFOs. <laughs> so, uh, but the UFO thing, I was more interested, actually, it's funny. I was actually interested in the serial killer side. So I started reading a lot of books on um, a guy named John Douglas. He was a behavioral profiler for the FBI. And I started reading all his books, him and Ronald Kessler, I believe, which the show Manhunter, it's actually based on those guys. So I was oh, wow. into those guys way before everybody into the show. Like this is 90s. I was reading their books. It was like in Journey into Darkness. I mean, it's great books and Mind of a Monster, all that sort of stuff. And I was like, that's it. I'm going to become a behavioral profiler for the RCMP. And then maybe in the meantime, I could investigate UFOs. So that's what I did. So I went to school for psychology. Um, and I messaged the RCMP actually at one point. I said, should I take psychology or criminal psychology? And they said, take psychology because criminal psychology is going to kind of pinhole you into just criminal psychology, where psychology will allow you to get your degree in psychology. Then you can shoot off into criminal psychology as kind of a minor or focus on it. So I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. So that's what I did. So I started taking psychology in school. Um, and then right around then, that's around the time, you know, it's, I was working out a bit too. And then and I started really getting into the health stuff at the same time. Um, and then, yeah, I started the, some of my friends and students would start asking me health and nutrition questions, you know. Uh, and then over time, I kind of got less interested in the criminal psychology side. And just it was like, wow, I started working in gyms as a part-time job and nutrition stores as a part-time job to get me through school. And yeah, I just started going, well, this is really cool. And I just kind of got in that. I was like, well, maybe I'll become the guy that trains the police and the, F not the FBI, but RCMP, you know, but the problem is at the end of the day, there were like, there's only three behavioral psychologists, behavioral profilers, I believe at the RCMP period. So I'm like, okay, well, that's not really a job that you can work towards. And the, the the fitness part was already there was just no, i was like the chances of it going to happen are so tiny i was probably going to have to become an rcmp officer and be sent up to somewhere in the northwest territories which we call at the time and live amongst the trees for years and that just wasn't appealing to me and then yeah so i just started going down the fitness and nutrition rabbit hole and yeah and that's kind of where it happened and then uh, I wanted to open my own gym at one point. That was kind of a dream for a long time. And then, uh, yeah, that dream sort of faded away. And as I started talking and watching gym owners and I was like, wow, I just do not have a, you do not have a life that I want. Yeah. <laughs> when I was, even when I was in Hong Kong at one point, my friend said to me, um, Len, he's a really great guy from South Africa. One of my best friends. And, uh, he's fights for one championship out there. Heavyweight, big, huge black dude. And he's like, roar. He's like, I'm so jealous of your life. He's and I was jealous of his life. He had this great gym in Hong Kong. And he's like, I'm so jealous of your life. I said, why would you be jealous of my life? He's like, because you're running around living in different countries, just enjoying yourself. He's like, and I'm stuck here in Hong Kong in my gym, you know, six days a week. And I was like, huh, you're right. <laughs> and then <laughs> I, I started teaching health and fitness courses. So I have a, a fitness academy over in Asia that I've been slowly turning into more of a health academy. Um, and 
people were like, well, where's, and I realized, I'm like, you know what? I could just rent gym spaces for these courses for really a hundred or $200 for a course. Like, why would I get my own gym? And just since then I was like, you know what? A hundred percent. I do not want my own gym. It's to me, that would have been a nightmare looking back on my life. I'm like, thank God it turned out the way it did because I do not want to own a gym. But, and I, but I did want to work for myself. I realized the whole time I wanted to be my own boss. That's kind of why I was thinking of the gym originally. I'm like, I do want to be my own boss. And I, but now it's like, I want to be my own boss with a hundred percent location freedom. That probably is the biggest change in the last 10 years, I think is the location freedom thing. Right. Well, that's why this pandemic kind of opened up opportunities, right? Because maybe mm-hmm. it forced, like, I think this online stuff, like, like the zooms and whatever, I think that was coming to us no matter what, but I think it's just sort of like, you know, let, let's face it in the late nineties, early two thousands, when, when the internet started becoming popular, everybody kept saying it's going to crash. Right. And then all of a sudden yeah. years later, now it's the thing. So mm-hmm. I think the zoom stuff and the streaming was sort of kind of making its way, but it wasn't really big. So I, th- I saw it as a thing yeah. of the future. And yeah. I think what happens when the pandemic hit I think it fast forward to the future and made it today. Yeah. I mean, Peloton was around in 2019, really. Like Peloton was around, you know, these mirror workouts were around where you stand in front of a mirror, but they were just very fringy and very much like, you know, they, they weren't really a thing. And then obviously 2020 hit Peloton stock is, you know, and then all of a sudden echelon jumps in there and they're doing it now. And everybody, their brothers got something online. Now. So yeah, it fast forwarded probably by 10 years. Right. And look, let's even look at retail, right? You know, you tell a 60-year-old, uh, you know, hey, you can buy something on Amazon or you can buy it through, even through Best Buy online. You don't have to go to the store. Oh, I don't want to use my credit card on the internet. And now um, <laughs> we're starting to get out, right? And then uh, you call that same person and say, hey, I'm going to the mall. You want me to pick you up? Nah, I just ordered it from Amazon. Well, is that, you what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it even yeah. made people who were resistant and fighting no longer want to bother. I rarely go to the mall. I rarely go out to buy anything anymore. Um, like I go to the mall quite often just because I like walking around the mall. But for the most part, I mean, I just realized, you know, every time I want to go buy something, I usually ended up having to drive around to two or three stores and gas. I don't know about you guys, but gas is $1.71 a liter here right now. Holy so moly. I, you know, yeah. So I'd be driving, you know, you'd be driving around, you spend an hour to two hours of your day. Sometimes, okay, you go to one store that they don't have it. You have to go to another store to another store. I'm like, man, I could have just ordered this on Amazon and had it here in 48 hours and actually been working or sitting in the sun doing something constructive <laughs> instead of running around to, you know, stores that don't have what I want anyways, and then paying the same price. So, yeah, I, I mean, I personally love Amazon. But no, I, I, I get it. Like, and to be honest, I like going to the mall sometimes. But when I'm going to the malls, I'm going for two reasons. I want to walk around for a bit, and I'm using every excuse to not get out of the house. So the yeah. fact that I need to buy something, I'll go to a mall. It's not that I need to go to a mall. It's forcing me to walk because I'll make sure whatever yeah. I want to buy is the last store I go to. So, <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah, exactly. Or it's one of those things that um, I either need or want something today, and I'm unwilling to wait the shipping time. Mm-hmm. But how often is something that important? Not rarely, unless it's something you literally just broke. Like my the other day, like I had to go buy a coffee craft because I broke mine. So I was like, oh crap, I got to run down to Ikea and buy one really quick. But yeah, but I'm the same as you. Yeah, I like for us, the mall is a rainy days. You know, Vancouver, not not so much this summer. It's been pretty good, but we get a lot of rainy days here. So for us, you know, we have the second biggest mall in Canada here. 
which is the uh, metropolis, uh, which is only like less than a kilometer from my house. So it's kind of nice. But malls for us are where we walk around on rainy days to get our steps in because I'm all big on steps. Right, right. I mean, I have a trouble and I'm not saying trouble is I'm not physically capable. I mean, trouble mentally mm-hmm. to just walk for the sake of walking. That's why I don't like the treadmills or Peloton or any of that. And it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with them. Yeah. But it's one of those, it's one of those things that I'm walking there. Yeah. I understand it's for the exercise, but it's like, mm-hmm. I'm walking in one spot just to walk and I'm like standing still. It feels like I'm wasting time. Yeah. Where if I use them all, at least I'm getting sightseeing and I don't feel yeah. like I'm uh, wasting time anymore. Well, it's like us. We just like the wife just bought a treadmill. Um, and I was like, why? I go, we get, we live in Vancouver. Why would you get a treadmill? I said, just walk outside. But she brings up some good points, you know, because she's got the daemon here a lot. And so now she just wants to walk in the morning while she's cooking. And I was like, okay. And even I'll probably end up using it a lot. But yeah, I'm like you. Um, it's I prefer to do a walk outside than just on one spot on a treadmill. Like sometimes I'll walk past Anytime Fitness because there's one across the street from me. And it's a beautiful sunny day here. And the, the Anytime Fitness is right on the top of this really steep hill. Like it's about a six or 700 meter sh- like steep hill. And I'm just like, why are you people on a treadmill on a beautiful day? <laughs> Get outside and enjoy the walk. It's crazy. I never thought I'd own a treadmill yet. Here we are. Exactly. I, like I can, I can live with it. I can live yeah. with the treadmill if it was like, you know, three feet of snow. Cause mm-hmm. I'm not walking out that regardless of what's going on. So no, I can live with that then. But what do I do mm-hmm. when it's the sunny days and warm days? And I really don't want to be inside. Yeah. No, so. that, that's why we got it too. Just for all those rainy winters, it's going to be like. We're really looking for, I, I'm not kind of, I kind of looking forward to it. I hate to say it because I argued against it, but she won and I'm kind of, yeah, I think she's good. She won. Although I do want the infrared sauna. I haven't won that. <laughs> battle yet, but I'm, I'm working on it. That's my big, that's been a big battle for two years now. It's the oh, infrared that's, sauna. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious, man. Like, yeah. Um, so no, I totally get it. I mean, like, I think we're on the same page with that. So, and hmm, what was I going to say now? We were talking about the gym and all that. We were talking about entrepreneurship. You're asking me if I wanted to be on my own. Uh, Yes. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, like, for you, it was pretty easy. You kind of knew. Yeah. I don't like – I don't do well having a boss. Right. Right. Well, because you're a creator, right? In a way, you're a creator. Yeah. And I I haven't been able to find any job like that. You know, I'd say I've been politefully asked to leave supplement shops a few times. Which for me, you think, oh, well, why, why would he be asked to leave a supplement shop? He's, uh, he's all in the supplements. It's like, well, because somebody would come in and say, what's the best fat burner? I'd say, well, do, you know, going to the gym. <laughs> but owners of supplement shops don't like that answer. But I'm like, well, it's unfortunately true. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah, I don't do well with bosses and timelines and stuff like that. Like you said, so I've just, I've realized now that I've, you know, and I don't even do well with business partners particularly. Um, so I, I need to be on my own. Oh, I totally get it. I totally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like um, I was looking on your website mm-hmm. and um, under your, uh, how is my weight loss coaching different? You have a series mm-hmm. of four steps. Yep. So what I, where I'm going with this is uh, I was hoping that maybe you can explain your whole process. Yeah. So basically, like I said, um, there's a, I believe it's the, let me take a peek at it. But it's a, uh, I think the DNA test is kind of on there in the personalized. Let me see if I can get my other computer fired up here. Yeah, so yeah, the DNA is there. It says all my coaching programs are based on only the best modern health sciences, but are also personalized and customized to your personal needs and goals. In some cases, we may also use optional DNA testing. 
Yes. So basically what I did that for, those four things are, number one, I do, like I said, it's based on science, not fads. I am not a fad person. Um, I don't do keto. I don't promote keto. Um, I'm not even big into the, like all the stuff you talked about before, the eight hour windows, all that. I think all to me, all that stuff is distractions. And it's just, it's the reason people do that is because they don't want to take the time just to learn the principles and the science. It's just, it's like, it's easier to just say, okay, I'm going to cut all carbohydrates and bread and lose weight. And you will, because you're just cutting down on probably 40% of what you're eating, maybe 60% of what you're eating. Um, same thing with the, like you said, I can eat whatever I want in that time gap. Well, that's, that's not a healthy way to live. Okay. I can just eat all the crap I want as long as I fit it within eight hours, but no, like not, that's, not good either. So let's just look at the science and the science really is calorie in versus calorie out. Um, and then, you know, your breakdown of fats, protein and carbs with your, when the protein is shown that when you have a, when your protein is equal, then keto works great and high carb works great as long as the calories are maintained. So if you put one guy and you say, okay, you're 2000 calories, you're going to get a 200 grams of protein a day. And you're going to go keto and you're going to make sure you're doing 200 grams protein a day and you're going to do high carb. They both equal out at the end of the day. So for me, it's if you want to do keto, if you want to come to me and we, we can talk about it and it's fine. If, if it's something that you were like, hey, I just really don't like carbs. I don't like sweets. I'm great. OK, so we'll figure it out because I do want to, you know, I work with people. But for me, it's just based on science, like I said, and then getting in the DNA test and a DEXA scan. You know, to me, those are just two things that are quite invaluable. Um, the next line is the East meets West. And like I said, that's basically just comes down to my experience. Like before, when I was just doing personal training, um, I wasn't into, you know, just I wasn't into talking about to clients about circadian rhythm. I wasn't into talking to them about uh, meditation or breathing practices. You know, I used to when I was a trainer, I was making you know, I was like yogi, yoga, make fun of yoga. And then here I am, you know. X number of years later, it's like I've been to India twice, you know, to do yoga and Ayurveda. So, uh, and then just, and then just the food, you know, we eat, like I've been really, I got really into spices and understanding that just the food, even just the value of food. Um, like when I was here, it was all, it was supplements and smoothies and kale shakes. And now it's like, I look at food from a medicinal point of view. Um, I, I, so I have the Chinese kind of medicine and Ayurvedic sort of thought when it comes to food. Uh, I don't really get into the hot and cold, you know, sort of things that they do, but I'll look at like, I can look at foods that stimulate your metabolism, foods that help with your blood sugar, foods that stimulate cert proteins and stuff like that. But again, I don't go crazy. I don't put a client on a cert diet, you know, like you'll hear about this, the cert diet. I'm like, no, there's foods that will activate certs and which is great. Let's try to include more of those. So that's kind of where I've taken a lot of the Eastern philosophies and more just Eastern practices and mix them with Western fitness. And then they got my tri-phase system, which I've kind of led a couple times. I have a three-phase system. Because um, what happened really was I was so excited when I got back from Asia to share all this, all the knowledge I have between the Eastern stuff, the Western stuff, and even just the holistic stuff I've learned that I tried to cram it all in really hard into um, you know, into like a three or four month package. And it was just way too overwhelming, even for me trying to plan it out. Like, how do I teach them about everything? So then I broke it down into what I call stronger, longer, better, which is a much longer system where the stronger is a very Western point of view. Um, 
proteins. It's basically fat loss, nutrition, we'll call it, and fat loss fitness. Then there's longer, which is where I get into, we'll talk more about fasting, um, sleeping, circadian rhythm, uh, anything that has to do with really optimizing your health. And then there's the better, which is, uh, and if you want to call it like the, maybe the body, mind, spirit side, the better is more like the spirit. So that's where we get into a bucket list and goals and passions and all that sort of stuff. So we start getting out of the tangible health and more into the psychological health, relationship health. Like, and we try to say, we'll try to knock things off. And that's where challenges come in that are kind of fun, like life challenges and stuff like that. So again, you know, name me a personal trainer that really talks about that in the gym. <laughs> it can happen. And then action meets knowledge. Um, I'll know people, and I was, you know, very guilty of this. I could have a client for six months, a year, two years. And yet, as soon as you leave that client, they they really don't know much because you're just showing all the time. You're just showing. And now I'm educating. So for me, education is a, a big one and teaching you. I don't want you to know just like how to do everything, but why we do everything. So every one of my clients, even in stage one, learns, okay, these are the three ways you physically build muscle. These are the five ways you train to build muscle. Um, you know, why do we want to build muscle and how this is the kind of training you do to increase your bone mass. And you know, this, this is the phases of a lift and why they're important. So that's just an example of that. So I really believe that education, uh, you know, it's the old thing, you know, you can give somebody a fish or teach them the fish. So I'm like, I want to teach you the fish. So that's kind of those four steps. That's how I'm kind of like, I consider myself a little different. Yeah, it was unique. That's that's why it stood out to me. Yeah. Right? I mean, even if people were to practice, pretend somebody can replicate what you're doing. I mean, I'm not saying they can or can't, but mm -hmm. pretend that. Most people wouldn't get into that much detail to explain it to somebody. No. They would just tell you what to do. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, but I'm a, at the end of the day, I'm like, I've always thought of myself more as a teacher. Um, that's why I have a, a fitness academy, you know, and what's now becoming a health academy. I like teaching and educating. I don't just like telling people what to do. You know, most trainers are just honestly, at the end of the day, they're just rep counters. They stand there with a clipboard and they just count reps and sets. I'm like, no, not doing that. You count your own. No. You can count to 10 by yourself. <laughs> you don't need me there. I'm there to make sure that you're inspired to still go to the gym, that your program is good, and that you're doing everything outside of the gym. To me, the gym, even, even when you look at my, like I have my eight areas of health, um, fitness actually doesn't fall within the core four. I have the core four, and then I have what I call the call four, which is the quality of life four. Fitness isn't down until number five, because um, I think in the West here, we way, way to a point overvalue fitness, um, where to me, there's other things that are, you know, equally or more important. Like at the end of the day, you burn more calories through NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, than the gym. So the gym world leads you to believe that, hey, as long as you go to the gym three days a week, you can sit down and do nothing. Well, that hasn't been working for us. Uh, if a guy said to me, Roy, Roy, I can go to the gym three days a week, or I can invest, I could go out for walks every day. Maybe, you know, you have a treadmill, just walk on it. I could use a standing desk. I'll take the stairs instead of the elevator. Which would you rather me do? I'd, I'd rather you do the, the second one. I'd rather you just be more low-level active and get your ten to 20,000 steps in a day than the gym. Saying that, then a lot of people go, okay, well, are you saying you don't need the gym? I'm like, no, that's not what I'm saying either. Gym and the fitness improves your quality of life. Huge.
I mean, right. it's, it's the muscles, the longevity organs. I mean, we could argue that makes you live longer too, but I try to, that's the point I try to get across that fitness is in there, but it's not on this pedestal. Like there's the fitness, they actually call it, and I hate the term, the fitness industry. I'm like, no, there's the health industry and fitness is a wing of the health industry, but it's unfortunately they've, they kind of like to call it their own industry. I'm like, no, it's not. It's just an aspect of the health industry. Absolutely. And, that, and that's the thing, right? Everything out there kind of has something that interchanges with everything. Mm. You can't do one or, no. right? It's, it's like, I'm going to use a stupid example, like a car, right? Mm. Yeah. You can't take a bucket of gas and expect to drive without the car. You can't exactly. have a car putting no. gas, but have no brakes or steering wheel. Mm-hmm. You kind of need them all together to optimize the trip. Exactly. Same thing with the body, right? Like what's more important, the brain or the heart? Well, let's take one out and see what happens. Yeah, you're going to need both. <laughs> ain't going to get anywhere. So for me, so that's that's what I try to get across. So for a little while, I was almost, people, I was almost coming across as anti-fitness to people. So I had to pull it back a bit because I'm not. I'm like, no, no, go. we just, we emphasize that fitness is all you need or, you know, for, for a little bit too long, in my opinion. So. That's why I'm I'm very big on the the home design side of stuff and like designing environments and habits over just that's why even to this day it says so, so you gave somebody a business card yesterday they're like oh you're a personal trainer I'm like no I'm not a personal trainer first thing you see as soon as the word fitness shows up it could say like Eric could say optimal health DNA fitness and all of a sudden oh you teach barbells it's like <laughs> that's all you got out of that card like I gotta just take the word fitness right off the card I know eh yeah. I guess, but I guess because there's so few really, there's not a lot of real like health coaches around that, you know, people, when they, when, as soon as you say health coach, it just defaults to personal trainer right off the top. Well, it goes back to what you said. It's a lack of education out there, right? Because people don't understand, right? Like if you get hammered the same thing over and over and over long enough, and usually the person hammering you isn't the person who has your interest in heart. They just have the sale in heart. And yeah. you just want to hammer it so the point that you write the check. Once you wrote the check, they don't care anymore. So no, what exactly. ends up happening is when you have someone out there like yourself who's doing it because this is something you're passionate about and you care about it and you want to teach people, now all of a sudden you, you have to undo the sleazy salesman, <laughs> you know, teaching. Yeah. And the other you know, part of it is, um, you know, it's it's the wellness industry, the health industry is very weird because it's broken itself up and, and it's something that I'm trying to fight against to a point. Um, like you got gyms, right? For instance, uh, your good life or whatever. Uh, they don't talk about nutrition at all. Like there's no nutrition program. Um, there's no sleep program. I know Equinox has started to touch on it. I don't think, I don't know how well they're doing it. But, you know, when you go to the gym, it's all about the gym. When you go see a nutritionist quite often, they're all about the nutrition. They don't talk about the, the fitness side at all. Then you got what they call wellness. I'll drive by these wellness clinics all the time on the street. And they're always, you know, chiropractor and you know massage and kind of all this soft stuff but they don't have anything to do with the other two sides and i'm just like man i'm like nobody's combined it like i would love to see a place where it's like you go in and it's like okay we got mindfulness training so we got yoga and then breathing we're going to teach you about and then we got cooking classes on maybe tuesdays and thursdays and all and that and then we got you know the hardcore barbells and fitness side um yeah, I mean, the wellness, to me, a, a real wellness center combines everything from strength and conditioning to, you know, Vipassana meditation. But 
I don't know. It's just something I have to invent, I guess, one day. But that's what my that's what my retreat's going to be in Thailand when I get that down for all my kind of long term clients. Kind of like like I said before, my um, my phases of my program are stronger, longer, better. And then phase four is where you actually will come out to Thailand and stay at our retreat with us for about a week. And we put it all together. Like I'm going to have the reflexology pass and the cold tubs and lots of adventures and cool stuff. So that's kind of interesting. You'll do it all. You'll do your, you'll do your meditation, your yoga on the beach. You'll do your hardcore sled training and sledgehammers in the daytime. And you'll learn to cook some medicinal Thai food and, (laughs) you know, a couple of nights a week on top of, you know, broadening your mind by going on some really cool adventures in Thailand and Asia. So, yeah. That's awesome. So here, yeah. here's another thing, right? Like you started a podcast, right? Yeah, many years ago, actually. Yeah, it's changed its name like three times, I think. But I'm sticking with the name now for the last about three years, and I like it. Yeah, but yes. Nice, nice, nice. What was the inspiration there? Like, is it just something you want to do? You wanted to talk, or or was there an idea behind it, or is it sort of something you just started, tried it out, and then just went with it? Yeah, it was so long ago. You know what happened is, is the job I was working at in in thailand the job that was offered in thailand was actually start setting up a fitness school originally Um, i'd done it in canada and they saw what i was doing in canada and they invited me to come and do it in thailand and one of the things i really wanted to do is so i wanted i was like well let's use the internet and so we got into youtube and stuff and i don't exactly remember why but i think i might have been listening some podcasts at the time this was this was about six years ago maybe uh maybe seven i can't remember but um yeah, so my original one was called Thrive Life, and it was the Thrive Life podcast. And then there was Thrive Life Active, um, which was the the more physical side, where it might be more videos or just more about fitness and training. Um, uh, but honestly, I don't remember exactly why I started it. I think it has something to do with, like, they we wanted to do something with the school online. Um I don't remember why I started it, honestly, but it's just I really enjoyed it and I just kind of got into it. And then over time, I stumbled with it a bit, you know, trying to figure out exactly what my vibe is. And then I changed it a few years ago to health by design. A couple of reasons. One, the word thrive was just really overdone. I was like, everybody's using thrive. Um, And then I was just like, to me, health by design was like, okay, what we're going to do is I want to help teach you how to design your life for health. I mean, from everything from designing your workouts to designing your home to yeah, the idea, like just helping you think about, you know, what you're passionate about. So for me, it's everything's about leading you and helping you to design a better life. Makes total sense. You know, thrive is like today's uh, pivot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What was I going to say? Like every business, every business, you know, like has moments of challenge. And, um, you know, have you ever gotten into the point where you, you felt such a challenge that you're saying, you said to yourself, why am I doing this? I'm kind of, you know, and just thought about a hundred percent actually very recently, actually. Um, that's why I joined the business coaching course. Um, I was, you know, I've been doing this for a long time, but I was still having troubles with the, the online side, like really like getting it to scale and stuff because I've never been really good at that. Um, and really just kind of getting clients you know, it's really hard to get found on a podcast. Um, there's not a good algorithm for it. Uh, I also have a YouTube channel, but, and it's still struggling to this day. And, you know, and I've done everything that they say to do, right. I've listened, I got all the social media podcasts. I listen to those. I incorporate every single 
thing they tell me to do every trick every hack and even to this day like i'm looking at my youtube channel right now uh, let me just mute it because it's gonna get really loud oh no it's not okay good i think i'm still only at like 300 followers i mean it's crazy low um so yeah so <laughs> i just so i content so i was getting the point where i was kind of like man is like i know all this stuff but i just don't seem to be getting out there and i was to the point where like i was Really, this just a couple months ago, literally, I was to the point where I was like, well, maybe I should just look for a quote unquote kind of normal job. Um, so then I was like, you know, I called my friend and I had a friend. And when we when I first met him, we were about even on the on the on the business side um, to a point. I could say I was probably because I was living in Asia. He just came to Asia. So to a point, I was more successful in some areas and than, than he was in some areas. Um and then, but he, since then, his his skyrocketed, like his podcast, tons of listeners. And he was just, he's, you know, I just like, wow, I said, you're doing exactly what I did. I said, like, what did you do that made such a difference in from where you were? Because we were, you know, the sick even at, at one point. And he's like, I got business coaching. He goes, I got business coaching. I got sales coaching and I got marketing coaching. And, you know, we're always talking about coaching. I'm always talking about co hiring a coach for your health. And then, yeah, I wasn't doing anything for coaching for my financial health, sort of. So that's what I did. So I told him, I said, well, listen, I said, I'm going to, uh, who, what should I do? Who should I go to? And he hooked me up. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been into about, I've only been into it now about five weeks, but it's great. And like I said, they're pushing me dramatically out of my comfort zone. Um, but yeah, so that's probably the biggest thing that I've done, the biggest struggle. I mean, even with all I know, you can know a ton. Um, but yeah, it just, it really wasn't, I wasn't, uh, it's, it's hard when you're sitting at your home, you know, to, to really make the company grow. So, cause you're not meeting people. I True was enough. used to gym. Well, I've worked in gyms. We have people walk into the gym and you would do the sales tour. People walked in the gym and you would do either two things. Yeah. The game was sales tour and presented, you know, personal training, or they walked in and wanted training. Well, when I'm sitting here in my living room, nobody's walking into my house and saying, I want coaching, you know, or people, can I have a tour of your house? And then I try to sell them some coaching. So I uh, had a very brick and mortar mentality that I'm getting broken out of very quickly. Even though I've, I've used online as a tool, I haven't used it as a tool for sales. And right. Probably thing that well, I on. sent you a link on your Facebook that you'll see later. It's uh, called okay. TubeBuddy, and that'll help you. Um, cause when you use TubeBuddy, okay. you, you, what it is is that, um, it's, um, for YouTube, what happens is you create your video and do your normal, whatever like you do, but mm -hmm. you're going to go into TubeBuddy and you're going to enter what your video is about and the, and what, you, and it's going to give you suggestions of title and some description just, uh, you know, that, that'll optimize it for, um, SEO. So when people okay. do a search for what you did, you'll kind of, you know, jump up in the ranks. Oh, cool. Thank and, you. My pleasure. So, um, yeah. it was somebody gave that to me, and I, I, I haven't used it, but I mean, the person who gave it to me was was a uh, coach in real estate, and mm -hmm. um, that person's been growing. I mean, like hundreds of thousands of followers, kind of growing. Mm, so I nice. thought about it. Well, it works for them. It's got to work for me. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Yeah, that's the biggest problem, right? Is just, is getting people to, you know, like it. You know, you're competing a lot, especially in the health and fitness industry here, like. They're competing with a lot of people. I mean, a lot. Um, unfortunately, you're, you know, there's a lot of crappy people. There's a lot of people that are giving you bad advice, yet they still have a lot of followers for one reason or the other, just because there's a lot of people who are just good at the marketing side. And that's something I'm good at content creation. That is the thing. I'm really good at creating content. 
and I'll tell people like this, I'm great at creating. I can, I know how to edit videos. I know how to do a podcast. Like I, I do all the editing and everything myself. I go, even the posters, the books for the school, I've done it all myself. But I said, I'm not good at getting it in front of people. I said, I'm good at creating it and, but not getting it in front of people. So that's what another thing this course is helping me with is getting it in front of me. But yeah, thank you for that. Cause yeah, it, it can be disheartening from time to time, you know, when you put a lot of effort into this stuff, like I did the other day, I just bought a brand new, like six foot whiteboard to do lessons on. But you know, when you got something like 92 videos in your YouTube channel and like 300 followers, you're like, what the hell? And then I'll look at somebody and they have like, they have like 12 videos. There's like 7,000 followers or, you know, 30 videos. And they got one point, you know, they got a hundred thousand followers. I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Cause I've done everything they say to do. But Yeah, absolutely. Totally get that. I mean, I, I go through, I went through the same thing. It's, you know what I mean? Like you figure like, look, a podcast is like, we're already at 59 minutes mm -hmm. and generally a podcast, look how long they're going. So you think, I mean, I'm on YouTube, a very helpful hot podcast. So I'm going to put it on YouTube. It's going to, it's going to be great. And I got six people who saw it. And yeah. like, Alrighty. Then you put it on Instagram, which is the one place you don't think. And, yeah. and I got 299 views. Yeah. See, you're, you're lucky. Like I, I never seem to get, I, I have a hard time with anything. Like I'm looking at my last videos. I'm like, okay, my last video was uh, eight views, 11 views, but it's weird. Now I'll get one that's like 177 views. And then, but most of them are under the 20 mark for the most part. Yeah. But, but that's yeah, what I'm it's know, weird. It's a lot of work to put a, put a YouTube video together. Like a lot. Yeah. But this is my point though. You figure with an hour long video, who in the right mind wants to watch an hour long video? On yeah. Instagram. On Instagram, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you figure, you want to watch yeah. it? Here's the link. Go to YouTube. It's like, no, I'm not going to YouTube. Really? No. Do you ever no. go to YouTube? Oh, yeah. You're not going to watch my thing on YouTube, but you watch it on Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, the podcast numbers, I'm like, I, just, I, gotta get, like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I got to get higher. I, I heard I, I ranked somewhere, in, I think I ranked in the top 10 in Kenya recently or something. I got some email about that. Well, that's true and i'm like well it breaks somewhere that's nice <laughs> yeah that's true like well see that's the thing right my and i'm thankful for this don't misunderstand me my uh audio version i uh, got an email i believe it was about uh, two months ago a month and a half ago that said i was in the top 150 on itunes oh wow so my audio is doing all right it's my um my videos is the challenge for me but it's funny because mm -hmm. more people enjoy the video I get yeah. comments about my video, not so much about the audio. Yeah, like even for me, it's like I can go to uh, – what do you use for your podcast? Do you upload it to anybody in particular? Or? I use Podbean uh, for the audio. Okay, yeah. See, I go to Anchor. I'm not logged in right now, and I can't remember my login ID. But, yeah. I used to like, use Anchor, but um, I found that Anchor will have restrictions at a certain point. And now really that I – restrictions. Pardon? What kind of restrictions? I haven't seen. You anything. want the honest truth? I forgot. I have a buddy who has a podcast as well, and he was explaining to me why he went to Podbean, and he told me the the restrictions of Anchor. And I thought about it, and I said, "It's not going to affect me now." Well, at the time before I went to Podbean, I said it is not going to affect me now. But when I start getting to episode 57, 58, 100, 200, if I have to make the switch, then dear God. So I thought I might as well just go to the one that has the uh, opportunity to upgrade if I needed to upgrade um, in the okay. beginning. So it's less of a pain to switch. Hmm. I'll have to research that because, yeah, I mean, 
you know, they've been bought by Spotify. And I, I know I've listened to quite a few podcasts that are in the, the high hundreds and they still use Anchor. So I haven't seen yeah. any. Yeah, absolutely. And, that, and that's the other thing. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And that's the other thing, right? One thing I noticed that Anchor does is they put the uh, Anchor uh, advertising in your podcast. You know, this has been brought to you by Anchor.fm. Now, they don't do it in the first week you release it, but check it back on the episodes that are over a month old, and you'll notice that they're advertising in, in there. That is what I will do because I've never listened to that. Like, is that the beginning or the end or like right in the middle? I No, no, it's not in the middle. I think it'll be in the beginning or the end. I can't remember which. No, I'll go back and listen to that for sure. Because, yeah, no, that's the thing, I guess. I never go back and listen to my old ones. But yeah, no, that's yeah. I noticed it by fluke. You know what I mean? So it's just one of those things that it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, I'm not complaining about it. It was a free show. I mean, it's free. You want. <laughs> at the same time, it's, it's free. I mean, and they do pretty good. You know, they shoot it straight up to Apple and everything. And they got some pretty cool tools that you can use even to make your podcast on the road. So I'll definitely take a listen to it, though, and just make sure it's not really crazy. But if it's like a five or ten second one, it's probably Well, it's just at the end. It's not a big deal. But I just heard that it has listener restrictions. And I mean, no, I think everything's going to have restrictions at some point, but yeah. I think with Podbean, you'll be able to upgrade to the next package if you need it. And I just didn't okay. want to, I didn't like, again, I'm not there yet. Right. I mean, I'm getting good. Downloads, yeah, yeah. I'm getting good numbers, but I, I thought I take my podcast very serious. And I thought if I get to that number and I get stuck, I don't want it to be later on when uh, it's a real catastrophe. So I just no, said, no, you know what, for $130 a year or whatever it was, I'll just pay the damn thing and not worry about it. Yeah, no, you're definitely going to have, I'm definitely going to be researching that today. I'm like, we could type in, as soon as I'm done with you, I'm going to be typing in Google and anchor and restrictions. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, it may not be something that doesn't affect us. It may not be. Maybe since Spotify bought it, they might've changed it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't know. I just heard it and I said I'm going to jump ship. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I was on SoundCloud originally. My my thing is I was on SoundCloud and I was paying, and I'm like, why am I paying? I got like three people who are listening, so I was like, I'm going to go to the free route. Uh, so I kind of went the opposite. <laughs> yeah, which is fine. I mean, you know, to whatever works for people is, is different for everybody. Yeah, so. but no, I enjoy the podcast a lot. I look forward to it. Um, and you know, it's uh. I got to get back to it again. And I haven't been off it, but I, my, my thing is always struggling with consistency. I'm not one of those people that I don't promise to bring out an episode every week. Cause I really, I'm trying to avoid Dr. Oz syndrome, um, which is what I call when you make a prom, you have to have something new all the time. Um, and then what happens is because you've made this big promise, he has a show, right? That's what five days a week, like most of the year. I mean, there's just not that many new things in health and wellness. And even if you travel all over the world and that's why, you know, he gets pulled in front of Congress for things like coffee, green bean extract and raspberry ketones. Cause he starts getting fringy and start making crap up and other podcasts that I've listened to that do a lot. They end up repeating a lot, like a lot. And for new people, they might not notice it, but like I had a couple of podcasts that I really enjoyed, but after following for about three years, I'm like, wow, like we're just cycling back around. And it's almost like they cycle. And I'm like, I, I just, I'd rather, I'd rather do one every 10 days or 12 days, but I want to make sure when I have something to say, I have something to say. And now from an ag algorithm point of view, I guess that's not good because they're all about, you know, consistency, consistency. But at the same time, I'm like, 100%. I don't know. I'd rather have quantity over quality. So I really, I really don't like that Dr. Oz syndrome. And, and I, again, I don't feel like, again, I don't want to be forced to bring out something on a Tuesday if I'm away. Cause I, get, I feel like I'm anchoring myself again, <laughs> but I do want to get back into being more consistent with it. Like pretty. Yeah. Yeah. See, I'm the opposite. I, I, I am about the uh, weekly week in yeah. week out. See now the benefit I have now is my, the stream yard that we're using. 
came out with a new option and I did not know this. This is how new it is. When we booked, because remember we were trying to figure out the days and I, I was trying to figure out how to keep it on the Wednesdays and whatever, right? And I thought that was a big struggle because not everybody's going to be available on Wednesday at 11 a.m. Yeah. And that's just fact of life. I mean, yeah. so, of course, we booked this and I found out like a new feature that was launched after this, which was that now they allow you, we could have recorded this session. I could have uh, now scheduled it to play it next Wednesday. Oh. And it would have played it as if we were live, even though we're not. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I did not. I did not know it had that option. So now that I know yeah. that, because it's new, like I said, it might be a week old. Mm-hmm. Right. So now that they have that option for those sessions where I can't record on the Wednesday at 11 a.m., how can I always record it on a Thursday like we're doing now and then just schedule yeah. it for the next Wednesday? Yeah, no, that's great. Then you can kind of record it anytime you want. So. Yeah, exactly. It's different when I'm doing a live Q&A because then I'm answering people's questions. But when yeah, you're doing yeah. a podcast and you're just streaming it, it doesn't matter. No, not at all. No, that's good. So I found a way, uh, that little hack, right? I mean, I still like doing it live. And when I can't do it live, I'm going to. Yeah, but I love it when you find out little tricks that just make your life easier. Find them yeah. Older. When it comes to technology, always finding out little tricks. I'm like, oh, that's neat. Now, like Facebook, for instance, on a live, I think you can invite up to three people on a call. Where I'm like, oh, you couldn't do that before. Yes. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, yeah, now I can get my whole like health pro team on together versus just one at a time. Of course, we still have troubles with it. Me and the diet, me and my our, uh, my new nut- dietitian nutritionist last week, we tried to do a Facebook live, and on it took us 40 minutes. To- <laughs> it never seemed to work properly. We were supposed to go on at five. We ended up going on at five forty, and I had to go at six. So it went from being it was supposed to be an hour long to about sixteen minutes long. But just learning curves. Yeah, but but it is good to find you know, technology. True. Well, I mean, now that we've been you know in an hour, I don't want to take too much of your time. But do you have any last tips or suggestions for anybody who wants to start a business but they're hesitant? Oh, I can, well, first I would say, yeah, I would definitely say start it off. You know, I think everybody should have it as a side gig at the beginning, you know, and then start growing it from there. I mean, there's something to be said about just quitting all right and going a hundred percent into it, which somebody in my coaching group did do. Um, at the same time, I, and that's what I did when I went to Asia, right? I'm just like a thousand bucks. In my pot. I'm just going to dive in and make it work. And it did work, but it was a lot more stress and anxiety than it needed to be. And if you have too much stress, anxiety like that, it will slow you down because instead of being in the creative space, you're in a, oh my God, I have no money. I'm stressed out space. So I would say launch it as a side gig and just start working on it slowly. Even if it's like two hours a week, four hours a week, uh, and you're like, get up earlier. You know, I'm all about a morning routine. So if, if you can get up one hour earlier than you normally do to work on your passion project, then go for it. But you definitely, I don't think anybody should be stuck working in a thing that they hate or they, or that they just, you know, don't mind. It's like, I don't mind my job. Well, I want to not mind my job for 40 years. Thanks. Um, but I would definitely say, you know, it's like, even if you, even if you end up keeping your don't mind your job, but at the same time you have your side that I love it's just like me with the you know I, I love my coaching but I also was like I kind of want to work with MMA athletes so I took that as a side project but I really love that too so that's what I would suggest is starting off as a side gig and you know and but devoting x number of hours to the week don't treat it like a side gig treat it like something serious but on the side makes sense I want to say uh, yeah I want to say thank you for being on the podcast 
Yeah, no, thank you for having me. It was great. It was a lot of fun. Absolutely. And I'm sure we'll do it again in the future. Oh, I'm always here. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Yeah.